Welcome to the podcast of Grandview Baptist Church in Anchorage, Alaska. This episode contains a sermon from October 18th by Brother Mike Proctor, titled, The Conquering Christ. Oh, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. It's good to be with you this morning. I appreciate the opportunity to be able to share with you from the Word of the Lord. If you have your Bible, I'm going to ask you to turn, please, to the book of Colossians, chapter 2. We're going to look at two verses, primarily verses 14 and 15. Of all the lives of men who ever lived, no one in the, humanly speaking, seemed more like a failure than did the life of Jesus Christ. Here was a man who came and revealed the love, the acceptance, the compassion, the forgiveness, and the mercy of God, but then he was cruelly crucified. To be hung on a tree was an opinion of man to have your memory blotted out of heaven and earth. Deuteronomy chapter 21, verses 22 and 23, and and Galatians 3, verse 13, says that a person that was hung on a tree, a person that was hung on a cross, was accursed by God. And so that cross was a symbol of a curse. But yet for us who know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, the cross to us is is a symbol of a promise, a symbol of life, a symbol of victory. On the cross, Jesus' enemies, both the seen and the unseen, put him to open shame. But yet, on the cross, we are told Jesus Christ triumphed over them openly. Now, how did Jesus triumph over his enemies on the cross? Galatians. 2 verses 14 through 15 share with us first verse first thing I want us to think about is that on the cross Jesus stripped Satan of his slander sheets you see there in verse 14 it said that Jesus blotted out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us that was contrary took us and took it out of the way nailing it To his cross. You remember one of the terms used to describe Satan is the accuser, the slanderer. Remember how he accused Job in the Old Testament book that bears Job's name. You remember how the scripture says that he is wanting to slander us. In the book of Zechariah, in chapter 3, we can see an account of where Satan is trying to slander Joshua the high priest and the archangels not allowing him to. Satan seeks to slander. He seeks to accuse. He he seeks to give us fault. You remember back in the day of Jesus, if if a person was arrested for a crime, 
it was customary in the first century to put the list of charges above the jail cell. And after the trial of the person was found innocent, that list was destroyed. But if the person was found guilty, the list would be back, placed back over his cell until the completion of his sentence. At the end of his sentence, the list would be brought down and handed to the person. However, just before it was given to him, the words paid in full would be written on the list. That way, if that person was walking down the road and somebody says, what are you doing out of jail? You're supposed to be in jail. He can show that list. It says that I have been, my crimes have been paid in full. I have been redeemed. In the case of Jesus, you remember he had a, list of charges that was brought against him. And this list of charges was nailed to the cross where he was crucified. Do you remember what that list of charges was? Do you remember all they could accuse Jesus of? In John chapter 19, verses 19 through 22. It says, And Pilate wrote a title and put it on the cross. And this is what they accused Jesus of. And the writing was Jesus of Nazareth, the king of the Jews. And then this title then read many of the Jews for the place where Jesus was crucified was near to the city. And it was written in Hebrew and in Greek and in Latin. And then said the chief priest of the, of the Jews to Pilate, write not the king of the Jews, but he said, I am the king of the Jews. And Pilate answered, what I have written, I have written. The Jews said, this is what Jesus is guilty of. He's, he says he is the king of the Jews. Now, did, Pilate, did Jesus ever say that? No. But that's what his charges were. Think for a moment about our charges. Think for a moment about all that we carry and the charges against us. We are told that Jesus Christ took our list of charges out of the way. We don't have to carry them anymore. The things that we've done in the past, the things that make us feel guilty, the things that make us feel unashamed, the things that, that just weigh us down. He strips Satan, the accuser, the slanderer of all these things. When Satan comes to you and says, do you remember when you did this? Do you remember your attitude you had? Do you remember the action that you took? And he is slandering us and accusing us of all of these things. Jesus stripped us away from Satan. Remember the scripture says that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to what? Forgive us of all of our sins. In Hebrews in chapter 9 and, and verses 24 through 26, it says, For Christ is not entered into the holy place made with hands which are 
figures of the true, but into heaven itself now to appear in the presence of God for us. And then you read verse 25, and then down in verse 26, it says, But now once in the end of the ages has he, Jesus, appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. So Jesus is appearing in heaven right now so that our sins can be put away. They'll not be remembered. Psalms 103, you remember verse 12 says, As far as the east is from the west, so far have I what? Removed your sins forever. And 1 John 2, verse 12, John writes and says, I write unto you, because your sins are forgiven for his name's sake. Beloved, Christ took our charges with him to the cross. He took our slander sheet, the things that Satan was trying to hold against us, to the cross. And at the termination of the sentence, God stamped paid in full, or the term that we use, God stamped redeemed on it. We sing that hymn, redeemed, how I love to proclaim it, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. How has our slander sheet been stripped? By the blood of the Lamb. In fact, that's the second point. Jesus Christ placed the penalty of our sins on his perfect person. You see here in Colossians 2, second part of verse 14, it says that he took this slander sheet, he took our sins, he took our guilt, he took our accusations, and he nailed it to his cross. One of my favorite passages of scripture is in 1 Peter 1 verses 18 and 19. It says, don't you remember that you've been redeemed not with corruptible things such as silver and gold. You've been redeemed not with things such as the vain manner of the traditions of your father's. You've been redeemed not by the works that you have done, but you've been redeemed with the precious blood of Jesus Christ, like that of a lamb without spot and without blemish. Why did Jesus Christ place the penalty on his perfect person? Hebrews 9 verse 14 says, to purge our consciences from the dead works. Doesn't our conscience get us all the time? Have you ever had a guilty conscience? And have you ever had a guilty conscience even after you've admitted something? I have. Satan keeps bringing it up. He keeps throwing it in my face. He keeps saying, look what you've done. You're such a bad person. You're such an evil person. You're so wicked. You, you aren't redeemable. He is accusing me. He's slandering me. But then Jesus says, I have purged you of this sin. 
And Hebrews says that he's purged my conscience from dead works. Things that are no more. Things that if God has forgiven. Things that God has forgotten. Why? So that I might serve a living God. Jesus Christ placed the penalty on his perfect person according to 2 Peter 3.14 so that we could be found in him in peace without spot and without blemish. You see Colossians 1 verse 20 through 22 and it says that and having made peace through the blood of his cross by him to reconcile all things unto himself. By him, I say, whether they be things in heaven, in earth, and you that were once alienated, and you who were once enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now has he reconciled. And the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. How does God look at me? Not at my sinfulness, my old nature, but he looks at me in my new nature that I am now in Christ. And you see how he sees me according to verse 22 of Colossians 1? He sees me as holy. He sees me as unblameable. And he sees me as unreprovable. Because what he's looking at now is he's looking at Jesus, the author and the finisher of my faith. You recall in Romans 8 verse 1, we are reminded that there is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. When God looks at me, he's not condemning me. When God looks at me, as it says in John 17, he sees a friend. Because you remember, Jesus says, you are my friend. What's that chorus? I am a friend of God. That seems unbelievable, doesn't it? But I could be a friend of God because Jesus Christ stripped my slander sheet away from me. And I could be a friend of God because Jesus Christ placed the penalty of sins and I have sinned. In fact, the Bible says how many of us have sinned? All of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And the penalty or the wages of sin is what? Death. But Jesus Christ placed the penalty of sin on his perfect person. And so now, I can be a friend of God. And then notice the third way that Jesus Christ is the conqueror. How Jesus Christ is the victor. You see verse 15? It says, Jesus Christ denied the demons their dreadful desires. And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. As Jesus Christ was dying on the cross, I'm sure that his earthly enemies thought they had won. 
I'm also sure that his unseen enemies, the devil and his demons, were feeling victorious. However, they forgot that this was the reason why Jesus Christ came. Hebrews 2, verses 14 and 15 says that Jesus, he became flesh, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver them who were subject to the bondage and wages of sin. Through his death on the cross, he denied the demons their desire. What is the desire of the devil? What's the desire of the demons? To destroy us, to kill us, to separate us from God throughout eternity. But Jesus doesn't let that happen because he denies the demons their dreadful desires. Let me chase a rabbit for a moment. This, 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 this applies to the, the passage of Scripture. It really does. Have you heard of this pandemic thing going around? What's COVID? Whatever it is. Have you heard of that lately? I want you to know that COVID is found in the Bible. 1 Corinthians. Turn it, turn it in your New Testament. 1 Corinthians... Chapter 15, verse 54. So in this corruptible, when this body shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your sting? O grave, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, COVID. Are you ready? You might want to write this down. Christ offers victory instead of Defeat. Isn't that what it says in 1 Corinthians 15? Sin, where's your sting? Grave, where's your victory? It's not there. But verse 57 says, But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. This is why Paul was able to share in Romans chapter 7, verses 24 through Romans 8, verse 39, that nothing, nothing can separate us from God. Right? Nothing. Can principalities? No. Nothing can separate us from God. This is why in Galatians 5, verse 1, we're reminded that when Christ has set us free, we are free indeed. And being set free in Christ, we need to stand fast in the liberty with which Christ has set us free. We have the victory. It is ours. 
not because of anything that we have done. It's not based upon our works, but it's based upon the works of Christ. And what did Jesus do? First thing he did, he stripped Satan of his slander sheet. The second thing he did is he placed the penalty on his perfect person. And the third thing he did is he denied the demons their dreadful desires. Why? So that we might have the victory in Jesus Christ. Thank you for tuning into the podcast of Grandview Baptist Church in Anchorage, Alaska. For more information, check out our website at gbcak.org.